0: Good morning, Boker Tov. Welcome back to Living with Emuna. Our weekly study, our weekly support group, our weekly reminder of what we already know, our weekly effort to center ourselves and refocus on a truth that we all know, but tragically so easily are able to forget and neglect in our lives. That not only is there a Hashem, not only is there a Rebona Shalom, not only is there a God who created the world. And created us, but he continues to have an intimate relationship. Nothing that happens in our lives is coincidental, random, or chance. Everything is by design and everything is from above. I want to thank our generous sponsors of the Amuna series for the year, Avi and Becky, Bella Morgan, in memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbett, and in memory of Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Chanzer. Today's show is also sponsored by Joyce and David Mueller. Where's Joyce? Right there. There you are. In commemoration of Joyce's mother's yurt site. Frida Siegel, from Bas Mordechai, Joyce's father's Urotsite earlier this week. Robert Siegel, Lisa Ruben, Ben Yitzchak, Kalevi, who are pillars of the Miami Beach Jewish community. And the Neshama Zavin Aliyah. Okay. Thank you. And by Rabbi Belazan, in memory of her mother, Zisel Bas Chaim Zev, you, Sophie Mander, and by Penny and Bob Perlman. Penny, thank you so much. In memory of Penny's uh, mother's Urotsite, Helen Meltzer, Neshama Shadavin Aliyah, as well. Okay. And as well, always, we are, not as always, for now, please God, not for long. We continue to dedicate our learning for Rafu Hashlemah, for Esther Le Basari Tzipora, and for Karmel Shai Ben Reza. We've been learning about simcha, we've been learning about joy, how to have joy, how to find joy. How can we find joy in life? Now, it's hard, I won't say harder than ever, because we just spoke in the Shir before this, about how we're living in the most prosperous generation, the prosperous time. The people who have the least today would have been considered as having the most just yesterday. So I won't say that we're living in the most anxious, difficult time to have Simcha, but we're living in a challenging time to have Simcha. We're living in a time of great uncertainty. You know, yesterday we we just came back. I'm on a high. You can't tell because I'm also exhausted, but I'm on a high. We had a a two-day trip to New York, which we met with um, tremendous Rabbanim, Rebbeim, Rebbez, from around the New York area, 24 guys or so. We got brachas. we learned, we found inspiration. It was incredible. Really, really incredible, and I'm very excited, looking forward to sharing it. So we were meeting, uh, the last meeting we had yesterday was with Rebav Shur, Halekach Vaalibov, the son of Gadalya Shur, whose uh, fiery eyes can pierce the back of your skull. It was an incredible meeting, he's an incredible person. And he was talking about, he mentioned, he mentioned it in passing, but I think he gave us all a pause. If you're a student of history, and you don't have to be, if you just know the bare minimum of what started World War I and what started World War II, how insignificant, how unimportant, and yet it snowballed and it escalated and it dominoed until world wars, that what we're watching and living right now, Russia and the Ukraine, we're on the precipice, we're on the edge, maybe nothing will happen. seems that something's already started to happen. How much will happen? How much will it escalate, and who will be drawn in, and what will life look like tomorrow? You could be filled with tremendous anxiety. We met with another Rebbe, the Rebbe Rottenberg, Munsi, who was the uh, the Rebbe that uh, two Hanukkahs ago he was lighting the Hanukkah candles. The terrorist came in with a machete, killed someone, his own son was injured. You may remember that story. So we met with him in his home, where he has a sign hanging of the bracha to acknowledge Mekom Shasanes, a place that a miracle happened because uh, he went through a series of miracles. I posted the video of his uh, conversation with us. He also spoke about Russia and the Ukraine. He said, both have a history of killing Jews. Yes. Let them kill each other. It was an interesting take on the situation. Yes. <laughs> there are Jews who are there. We daven and pray for their safety. We daven and pray for the order and safety of the world, but neither of these are nations that were particularly hospitable or have an illustrious history of the way they treated the Jews. So, you live in the world today, and you turn on the news, and even if you try to avoid it, it finds you, and you could live with anxiety. Last night we came back, and our fly-in, someone had the best insight. We were scheduled, we had to leave out the two last stops, which were dinner. We could all live without, although some were looking forward to it the most, but dinner <laughs> and the uh, Rebbe's Ol, which we've been to, and Amir Tashem will be back at. We had to leave them out because the weather was miserable, and we got We're supposed to be on a 9 o'clock flight, which became 9.45, which became 10.30, which became 11 something. So everyone scrambled to go on different flights. Some got on an 8 to Fort Lauderdale, an 8.10 to West Palm, a 9.45 to Fort Lauderdale. Then our 8.10 to West Palm became 8.45 to West Palm, became 9.30 to West Palm, became 10 o'clock to West Palm. I'm not sharing with that so you have pity, although it wouldn't hurt you, but I'm not sharing that so you have pity on me. I'm sharing that with you because you sit there and you're looking and your app keeps updating and you keep getting the latest time. And uh, then we finally landed. And Rudy Giuliani was in the front row of the plane, and it took him forever to get his bag off, and he might have solved crime in Manhattan, but he kept me from my bed. <laughs> and you're like, mayor, come on, get your stuff together here. It's blocking us from getting off the plane. So uh, you live life, and every day, these are small challenges. These are small challenges. These are nothing challenges. These are, give you a brocco, these should be our biggest challenges. But you wake up every day, you could have anxiety and worry and fear and what will be with my flight and what will happen will be the... Will there be a screw in the back of my tire? And what will happen with Russia and the Ukraine? And will I have the same head count at the end of the day as the beginning of the day? So how do you live b'simcha? How do you live b'simcha? So we began to develop the notion of living in the day and living in the moment. Not giving up and not having despair, but rather being present and living in the moment. And embracing each moment for what it is, living it most richly. So on the top of page, Kufnon Aleph. Page 151. K'mo hayom in As the Bostic says, hayom, today, right now, in b'kolo if you listen, if my voice, you hear, shamerumaz b'za adam sarach l'achshov, Savoda. Hayom, don't worry about yesterday, don't think about yesterday. Don't focus or perseverate. Don't get paralyzed or debilitated by the thought of yesterday. Yesterday there were mistakes made. Yesterday we weren't our best selves. Maybe yesterday we raised our voice to our children even though we promised we wouldn't anymore. Maybe yesterday we didn't get to the shear, we didn't get through the davening, or we didn't say the talon that we promised or thought we would. Maybe yesterday our relationship was met with some tension with someone that we love. Maybe yesterday we didn't realize or achieve our goals. That was yesterday. But if you drag and you schlep and you bring yesterday into today, then not only did you lose yesterday, but you'll lose today. So the secret, the answer to Avoda, the key and the core to serving Hashem faithfully and really to serving ourselves faithfully, to be our best selves, is not to get stuck in yesterday and not to become paralyzed by tomorrow. That's a hard thing. That's a very hard thing. But I, as a, as a I meet with and counsel and try to give chizuk every single day to people and I cannot tell you how many people have a lot to worry about about tomorrow, but they lose today because they spend the whole today worried about tomorrow. Not just worried about tomorrow, what will happen with Russia and Ukraine and the gas prices in America tomorrow. There's so much to worry about. but They worry about tomorrow. I, I have this illness, I'm recovering, I have this, what will happen if it comes back? What will happen if it gets worse? What will happen tomorrow? What will happen with my children? What will happen with my grandchildren? What will happen with the bills? What will happen with... So in that fear of tomorrow, they lose today. There's only one dimension we live in. There is no time machine to go back to, to yesterday. And tomorrow's not yet here. So any energy that we put into those two dimensions is wasted. It's squandered. It's simply taking away from the happiness and the joy that we could have today. We have to draw a line, create a cocoon, live in a bubble. And that bubble is called today. It's called Hayom. It's called right now. This is it. This is what I have, this is who I am, this is where I am, and this is what I'm about. This is my life, is right now. Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't have to learn from yesterday. If we've made mistakes, if we've had successes, we engaged experiences, and we have to learn from yesterday. Of course we have to learn from yesterday. It's irresponsible. We don't blissfully erase yesterday like it didn't happen. We have to learn from it and we have to take responsibility and we are accountable for the decisions of yesterday. But we can't perseverate on it. And of course we have to prepare for tomorrow. You have to save financially, you have to plan financially, you have to plan your health and wellness. Eating right, living right is all about living for tomorrow. It's all about what will be and how long it will be. Of course we have to. But the only dimension we live in is today and that's what the Apostle is telling us. Hayom. I vote as Hashem, a life of serving Hashem, is a life of Hayom. It's a life of right now, today. And to come in with a sense of newness, of renewal, of rejuvenation, of a fresh opportunity. We ended last week, haven't made a point. I don't know if everyone heard it. That Judaism is designed so beautifully that there are so many milestones and benchmarks and invitations to say, start again. It's a new hour, it's a new unit of time, it's a new day, it's a new week. It's a new Shavua it's a new week. It's a new month, a Rosh Chodesh. It's a new year, a Rosh Hashanah. The entire Jewish calendar is filled with invitations and opportunities to say, I'm gonna draw a line in my calendar, that was the me of yesterday, that was the me of last week, that was the me of last month, that was the me of last year. But there's a new me. Every day, every hour, every minute, every moment is an invitation, an opportunity to be a new me. To be a new me, not a fake me, not a counterfeit me, but a new me. His chadshus, b'choyom Every day, every hour, every moment, And when this happens, the most is after we fall. After we've fallen. When we fall, we break into pieces, and in the process of putting ourselves back, we get to decide what we look like. So it's miserable to feel broken, it's terrible to be broken, <laughs> to feel broken, neglected, ignored, invisible from people from Hashem, to be filled with anxiety and worry and fear, to be consumed by failure and by struggle, it's miserable. But it's also an amazing opportunity because when you're broken and you need to be put back together like Humpty Dumpty, was he put back together in the end? <laughs> no, <I'm> oh. totally. <laughs> I don't remember how that ends. Okay. No, they couldn't put them back together again. It's a bad muscle. They couldn't put them back together again. Why do we tell our children that? It's terrible. Cancel. We got to cancel Humpty Dumpty. No? Wow, now that's what you wake up to. Bunch of zombies all morning. Cancel Humpty Dumpty. We got a protest already. Okay. The point is that when a person is broken, when you're broken, when you fall off the wall, when you're broken, it's miserable, it's difficult, it's challenging, we don't want it, we don't ask for it, but it's also an opportunity. I've told you several times over the last several weeks, there's nothing as whole as a broken heart, Kutsker. Nothing as whole as a broken heart. So when you're broken and you're being put back together, you're putting yourself back together, you could decide which version you want to be, 2.0, 3.0, it's the iPhone up to 13. What version do you want to be of yourself? You're not locked in. The version of who you were as a kid, the version of who you were as a teenager. When I was in New York. One of the nights we had an outstanding, outstanding evening. Beautiful Geshmach Fabringen. It was really amazing. Barry Weber and a choir and Fryan Waxman and singing and dancing and De was amazing. So I had a friend there, from high school I hadn't seen in many, many, many years. And he showed me on his phone, he knew he was gonna see me. He had a picture from high school and it was funny. We had a teacher, we had a science teacher. One day we decided we'd all dress up like him. We came to school dressed up exactly like him. With wigs, whatever, it was a funny picture. But I looked at it and the one hand I was humored by it, I was entertained by it, but I also thought, that's not me today, that was me then. I'm not embarrassed, ashamed, maybe a little bit, but it was uh, me then. It was me then. Who we were then is not who we are now. And who we were yesterday doesn't have to be who we are today. And who we are today should not be who we'll become tomorrow. Every day is a new us, is a new us. We can redefine ourselves. We can set new goals and we can craft a new lifestyle and we can transform our attitude. We don't have to be negative and pessimistic and fatalistic and hypercritical and complaining. we don't have to be. Nobody told you, you have to wake up that way every day. Well, it's in my DNA, and it was a mimic. it's a misora, it's where my mother, and my grandmother, and my great-grandmother, my father, and my grandfather, my great-grandmother. You could break out. You could break the cycle. Break the cycle of our own lives. It doesn't have to be. We have constant opportunities. Uviprat, Sezer v. Shemaire, especially Achir nefila. After we've fallen down and we've broken, and now we get the super glue and we're putting ourselves back together, we're coming back from a fall, coming back from a failure, coming back from a frustration. Right then is when we can choose how to put ourselves back together. Are we just going to look like we always did, or are we going to upgrade? No, we upgrade everything around us. We upgrade our car, and we upgrade our phone, and we upgrade our wardrobe, and we, we upgrade everything about us. Do we upgrade our attitude? They're people, they're 40, they're 50, they're 60 years old, they're davening, they're learning, their demeanor is exactly the way it was always. No progress, no advance. We called our trip to New York, it was the BRS fly in the Mavakshim. To be a Mavakesh Hashem, a searcher, a seeker, a yearner, a learner, somebody who's growing. Are we stagnant? Are we stuck? Have we arrived? Are we complacent? Does our life look exactly the way it always did we were always late. We're still late. We'll always be late everywhere we go. We said no. I want to be punctual. I want to be reliable. I want to be dependable. Our davening. We were never into davening. We never connected. We never cared. No. I want to learn. I want to practice. I want to get into it. Our chesed. Whatever. Every area of life. Every area of life. It says in the footnote: Rishman vov atzas Hashem We say "nihichvod" every morning when we daven. Rabba's machshavas balavish, and a person has many thoughts, many ideas. And the advice of Hashem is to get up. I told you this joke. I survived it previously, so I'll tell it to you again. You know what they say, the Pshat Rabba's the baby cries in the middle of the night. And Rabba's Machshavah Bulavish, she thinks he should get up and take care of the baby. And he thinks she should get up and take care of the baby. So, what's the right thing? Hashem, Sashem Hisakum. She should get up. Yeah, it never went over well either in the past, so. To a room full of women. It's a room full of, and the women. The women's share. Bad idea in the women's cheer, huh? Crash and burn. Hashem, Sashem sakum. So, what does it really mean? Tascha korega mechadash. Begin every moment anew. Belila stakel mahaya without looking at what was. Redefine ourselves. Rediscover ourselves. Rebuild ourselves. Rebirth ourselves. And become determined that from this moment on, I'm a new person. From this moment on, I am a new person. And even if you fall again, it's not a problem. Not a problem. And even if you fall again, you'll just start again. Even if you fall again, you'll just start again. So you'll say, what kind of life of a lie is this? Who's the real you? If you just keep hitting reboot, if you just keep hitting restart, if you just keep wiping it clean and starting again, so it's a life of Ramoos. Who are you fooling? Who are you tricking? The answer is each time we fall, we fall a little bit less. And each time we get up, we get up a little bit higher. So this process of rut of, a shove, of running and coming, this process of back and forth, of falling and getting up, each time we fall a little less and each time we get up a little higher. And so even though we are, you know, it's like the stock market. It's, ja- it's jagged. Study the stock market and I can tell you right now, I can predict with absolute certainty that the stock market in the future will be like the past. It will not be a line and no point will it just be a line. It's jagged. It's ups and downs and ups and downs. However, we hope and we pray that while it's ups and downs, it trends up. <laughs> you, can have, you can have ups and downs, but we want the ups and downs to trend up. And that is our life. Our life is filled with ups and downs. Maybe the tzaddikim we met over the last two days, maybe the very holy people, maybe they're exceptions to the rule although they would be the first to tell you they're human and they're not. Every one of us has ups and downs. Every one of us have triumphs and failures. Every one of us, we raise and we feel like we're high and then we fall and we feel like we're low and we have those other moments. The question is not if. The question is when can we modulate and can we keep, you know, do we have ups and downs in this range? Do we have ups and downs in this range? What do our ups and our downs look like? In our spiritually bipolar, and I don't use that word lightly, life, you know, it works in waves. We met with Rav Reisman, Rav Yisrael Reisman, Torah among our amazing meetings. He spoke all about davening. You talk about honesty. He sat down, he said, let me give you a little advice in davening that's worked for me. He said, my mind is usually wandering by the second brach of Shmonasrei. I struggle to focus. Let me give you some suggestions of what works for me. It was, you know, refreshing and you know, how amazing it was to hear of Reisman saying, "I struggle to daven, my mind wanders." Here are a few suggestions. Here's what I do. Here's what I try. It was amazing. It was amazing. What you say? So he said about davening. Oh, what did he say? Got to come back to the henna. I got to keep you coming back. So. He said, but Davening, you know, davening comes in waves. There are times you're into it, you can't wait for the next Davening. You don't want it to end, you're totally engaged, and there are other times you're just saying the words, you're flipping through the pages, you're not really there, even though your body's there, even though your lips are moving. Life is in waves. But can we how much? So is it a Ramos? If I know that my life was not gonna be a line, this is not who I am forever, but I'm gonna be up and down and in and out and high and low. So it's a joke. It's a ramos. So the answer is no. As long as we trend up, Pasuk says that the tzaddik, the righteous person, falls seven times and gets up. The tzaddik doesn't fall seven times over the same thing. The tzaddik falls seven times, but falls a little less each time and gets up a little higher each time. It's amazing. Which Joey Newcomb says in his song to these words. It doesn't, it says tzaddik, no, tzaddik, sheva yipo tzaddik, become. It doesn't say sheva yipo become. If you fall seven times, get up. To be a tzaddik, you have to fall seven times and get up. If you never fell, you're not a tzaddik. You're just an angel. If you never struggled and you never failed and you never faltered, then you're not a tzaddik. You're not entitled to be called a tzaddik. You didn't earn the title, Tzadik, you're just an angel. So, okay, Baruch Hashem, it's nice to have you in the world, but I can't relate to you whatsoever. Sheva yipol Tzadik v'kam. The Tzadik, to be a called tzaddik, Tzadik, you have to fall seven times and get up. Back upstairs. Revit Meyer says three times, Ma'od, Ma'od, Ma'od. If you want to be a successful Ever Hashem, if you want a successful marriage, those looking to get married should have the bracha of happiness and companionship. If you want to have a successful parenting, those looking for children should be blessed with healthy children that give them nachas. If we want atzlacha, if we want success, this is the ikr ma'od, ma'od, ma'od. Very, very, very. If I wrote a paper and handed it to a teacher, it said, very, 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 and then they'd cross it out two verys and <laughs> hand it back to me, maybe even the third very, yeah. say so it didn't even say anything. But very, very, very. Why? Because if you're stuck in the past and you're lost in tomorrow and you're forfeiting the present, if you don't believe that you have the ability to change, to grow, if you think who you are is who you are, then you're not really alive. You're not really living. You have to forget everything that was and to start today anew. Start today fresh. Sleep is such a gift. You know that when you don't get a lot of it. It's such a gift. But among the many gifts it is, sleep rejuvenates the body and restores the body and rests the body. And we have a tradition that the neshama goes on high, returns to Hashem. But sleep also creates a natural break. Can you imagine if we just were alive our whole lives and everything blended into each other? And there was never a break. There was never the notion that I woke up, that I got up, out of bed, that I start my day. Every morning is a new opportunity. Every morning is amazing. Every morning is fantastic. That's why the Sho Paskin, Siscabrica Lama Boker. Wake up and roar like a lion. Don't hit 15 snoozes, Don't crawl out of bed. But wake up and greet the day, roar like a lion. Today is my day. Today I'm going to find my special someone. Today I'm going to break through in my job and my career. Today I'm going to eat well and exercise and take care of myself. Today I'm going to be calm and patient and communicate. Today I'm going to break free from technology and live with mindfulness. Today! And then the day becomes like other days. And you have tomorrow. But every day is Ka'ber Ka'ari. It's a new opportunity and as long as it's a little better than yesterday. A little better. Lach shavrak Think only of the present. And to do it with all of our energy and all of our effort. To do it with everything that we have. Because all we have is today, Hayom, in Bikolos Today, now, here, the present. We're not trying to divorce ourselves from the reality that was. We're not trying to pretend or relinquish ownership or responsibility for what happened. We're simply reflecting the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is, The truth and the reality are that every moment is its own independent avoda. Stop. What am I meant to do right now? Okay, my flight was delayed or canceled. Okay, this person didn't react or respond the way I wanted them to. Okay, I just had a fight, it escalated, I created a tension. I regret, I don't like the way this feels. Okay, I just ate a bag of Cape Cod potato chips at one o'clock in the morning when I came back from the flying. I did not, by the way. I walked right by him. Baruch Hashem. Finally getting somewhere. Where'd you put them, by the way? Just looking for them. was looking for them. But in every one of those moments, all you have is, okay, good. So that happened. Now what? Now what? What am I meant to do right now? Now what? So there's a, a hole in the pipe in my wall. Now what? Okay. Frustrating. Good, what do I need to do right now? Hayom, viata. And now what? Sometimes we have to use the present to repair the past. There was a hole in the pipe, you got to fix it. There was a hole in the relationship, you have to say you're sorry. Take responsibility. A sincere apology, not a 2022 apology. If you feel bad and it was really someone else's fault and you shouldn't be upset about it, Then maybe, not a fake apology. A real apology is, I was wrong, I take responsibility, I'm sorry, I feel bad, I will work to make sure it doesn't happen again. We can't erase the past, we have to take responsibility for it, but it's only relevant as it informs our present. In every moment Hashem opens a new window. In every moment Hashem opens new channels to connect with Him. And what's the, what's the point of forfeiting, of losing this moment? Okay, it was. You're right. Your eating, your wellness, your behavior, your actions, your choices, your relationship. Okay, good. So it was. So now what? You're going to walk around all miserable, and negative, pessimistic, complaining because of what was? Yitzhar has an unbelievable way of working. And you know, I started to tell you, one of the chever on the trip said, as we were all scrambling to rebook our flights last night, he said, wow, do you realize what a powerful trip this was? We all looked at him, what are you talking about? He said, this trip was so powerful and poised to change our lives, to come back with incredible Kabbalah breakthrough change, to implement things in our lives. At dinner, we were meant to go around and every person on it, 23, 24 people, we were meant to each go around and say, Here's what someone said that touched me. Here's what I'm going to do differently. Here's the cabal I take upon myself. The satan understood that that's what was about to happen. So the satan was hard at work to make sure we wouldn't sit together. So we're going to convene here. You're also allowed to eat dinner and go in a circle in Boca. It's a lot warmer and nicer to do it here. So we're going to fight that satan. We're going to overcome him and his voice. But that's the power of the 8 Sahara. When the Yitzhahara senses there's about to be breakthrough, when the yitzhara senses there's about to be change, then the Yitzhahara kicks it into overdrive, starts canceling flights, starts getting into your head, starts knocking you down, starts distracting you and making you worry, starts to make you forfeit the present, to make you stuck in the past or afraid of the future anywhere but the present. The Yitzhahara knows that when you're not living in the moment and when you're not mindful and present, It owns you. It owns you. Why do you eat the bag of Cape Cod potato chips at 1am? If any normal person looked you in the eyes and said it's one o'clock in the morning, you're about to lie horizontally for a few hours, do you really want that bag in your belly? (laughs) If a person, do you know what it's gonna do to your waistline and to your cholesterol level? If you just thought about it for a moment, if you were in the present, Okay, you'd have a chip or two maybe or maybe you'd realize that that's impossible so you wouldn't even open the bag and you'd move on. I'm giving such a mundane, silly example, but it's reality in our lives. How does the Yetzirah win? By getting you out of the moment, distracting, distracting, perseverating, anxious, unfocused, mindless. Because when we're mindful, we are our best selves and we make our best choices and we best connect with Hashem and others, and when we're mindless, then we're lost. We're absolutely lost. So we have to feel and we have to decide. These are not emotions. We live in a mushy, gushy emotion time. We blame everything on our feelings. Our feelings, your feelings, my feelings, feelings. Feelings are important and they're real. They need to be addressed, they need to be worked out. I'm not dismissing them, I'm not some kalta, cold. I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings too. And feelings are real. But in the end of the day, what defines us as human beings are not our feelings, but our decisions. It's our Bechira. We have Bechira, we have choice. We dictate, we determine who we are. We determine what we think about. We determine how we behave and we determine our actions. And if we start smiling and we're happy, we'll feel happy. So all that you need is the decision to smile. When we smile, this is not me, go home and Google it. The research all shows that when you smile, you then feel happy. Don't wait to feel happy and then smile. When you smile, you'll feel happy. So all that you need to do is decide that you're going to smile. You'll feel stupid, you'll feel you look stupid, but you don't. You don't. Smile. Last Shabbos we spent in Baltimore, met a woman, we had a meal with. She just had a permanent smile plastered on her face. I know it was all chutzpah, I didn't even know them, but I asked her husband, I said, does your wife always smile like that? What's that like for you? No, meaning you want to be down or depressed, you want to be negative or complain, but there's always that positivity. And he said, it's fantastic because it doesn't allow you to. It lifts you and it energizes you. So I don't know, I don't know her well. Am I in trouble right now? it's like to live someone who's so happy. Oh, you said, no, I said I know exactly how you feel. I also live with someone who smiles all the time. You didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. What's that like for you? Because I want to tell you what it's like for me. Oh, I should have stayed in New York. Ouch. You know, I was gonna end this year two minutes ago. Mama, she was gonna spend two minutes ago. There you go. It's a rough morning. But I'm gonna start again, get to start again. I, I, don't, I don't know the woman. I don't know whether she grew up that way, she was, you know, came out of the womb with a smile on her face. Or I don't know whether she's worked on herself, but I know that every one of us can be that person who smiles. Every one of us can be that light that walks into a room. Every one of us can be the ones who put out that energy that transforms everyone around us. It's a determination to smile. So I'll give you homework for today. I'm not sure we're ready to reach her level. And I guess we'll find out later today or tomorrow if she listens to this year. And I say everything I said with the greatest admiration, really, and envy. But here's our homework. I don't know that we could smile from when we wake up in the morning till we fall asleep at night. It's hard to smile when you land late You're still wearing that mask and you're frustrated and you're tired and you're crawling to your bed. It's hard. It's hard. But here's where the most important time to smile. When you walk into your house. When your children come home from school. When, if you're married, you see your spouse for the first time at the end of that day. To be determined to make the decision that no matter what's happening in my day, no matter what I'm about to unload on them, no matter how they're behaving, and they, I mean the children or the spouse, I'm going to smile, because that smile will set the anchor, that smile will determine the trajectory of how the rest of this afternoon or evening go. You know, I say this to men too. When I meet with men, I say to them, I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't really care what's happening at work. When you pull into that driveway, when you come into that house, leave it at the door. Come in with a smile, come in with a light, come in with an energy, come in with a positivity. It doesn't really matter. You may have legitimate reasons to be down and out, legitimate reasons to be frustrated and depressed, legitimate reasons to be struggling. There are many legitimate reasons. It doesn't matter, leave them at the door. Decide and be determined to smile. Because Simcha is a decision, it's not an emotion. How can I smile? I have feelings. My boss spoke to me this way and this deal fell through and this was such a frustrating moment. And I did three funerals and two shiva houses and met with six couples in crisis and heard about four horrible diagnoses and I should walk in and smile. Yeah, yeah. Walk in and smile. Put a smile on your face. No matter what you're feeling inside, put a smile on your face. When you walk in, put a smile. And when you're greeting whoever walked in, have a smile. And children, when you come home, smile. And the parents who greet those children should smile. And the Rebbe and teacher in the classroom every day needs to greet a smile. And come back from lunch or recess with a smile. You know what the world would look like if we just smiled more? My Zayda, my grandfather, used to love the song. We sang it to him at the end of his life. When you're smiling, keep on smiling. And the whole world smiles with you. I only know that song because we used to sing it to him. It was a little before my time. When you smile, keep on smiling. The whole world smiles with you. We have the ability to change the energy in a room. And it won't cost, you don't have to bring in a charcuterie board or a sushi chef. You could change the energy in the room without a martini mixer. You could change the energy in the room without a giveaway. You could change the energy in the room for free. The decision to put on a smile. Smile. And every moment's a new moment. By the way, so you know what could happen later today? I'm not telling you this comes easy to me. Someone might be smiling because they're laughing at me that I'm saying this because I need to work on this. Or just because she smiles all the time. I don't know which one. But, <laughs> but, you know what, so you failed. Your kids are going to come home today. Your spouse is going to come today. You're going to come home today. 20 minutes later, you're going to realize how miserable and negative you were. Oh, I forgot. So was a smile. No problem, just start smiling now. Again, whoever you live with is going to think you lost your mind. A minute ago you were complaining and quetching and miserable. All of a sudden you've got this smile, your teeth are shining. So are you, what is with you? Nothing. You know what? I decided I want to be positive and smile. I want to be happy. Be happy with me. No one's ever going to say to you no. No, let's be miserable together. <laughs> Stop that smile. I prefer that we are miserable. Yeah, okay. Happy. Sure. Happy. Great. Okay, let's try it. Hayom. Every moment is a new moment. Every is a fresh opportunity. This is your homework. Until next time, smile, smile. Not smile the whole day. Smile to begin the day. Smile when you see those people at the end of your day. And next week you'll report whether relationships are different, your mental, spiritual, physical health are different, whether the feeling in our homes is different. We have that power in our hands. Tonight, 9 o'clock, we're going behind the bima with my cousin, Rabbi David Beshevkin. Join us at 9 o'clock. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay holy.